Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Patty Danucci. Patty lives in Austin, Texas, and has a background in marketing communications and talent management. She's earned a reputation as an expert on the art of purposeful business networking and socialization, including how to do it better rather than just more. With two award-winning books on the topic, Patty works with clients all over the U.S. When she's not doing that, she hosts stimulating conversation salons in her home. Thanks so much for joining me today, Patty. Oh, you're quite welcome, Diane. Appreciate the invitation. Uh, thrilled to have you here. So, um, <clears throat> boy, you know, conversations, socialization, why? Explain to the listeners why it is so important for them and me and you, you know, to really get serious about building these skills, these yeah. interaction skills. Yeah. And we can include networking in there too, business yes, networking, yes. you know, which I'm a believer that networking happens all the time. So yeah, I think initially I got into this because I was so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I was doing a lot of networking back when I had my talent, my freelance talent bureau. I had to be out networking all the time to drum up business for them. Yeah. And I was so annoyed at how so few people lacked clarity and social skills and how the conversation would get awkward so quickly and how it was often um, a huge waste of everybody's time. So initially it was just annoyance, but you know, when I started uh, really diving into this and writing books about it, particularly my second book, I learned that socializing well, whether it's in a personal setting, a social setting, or a professional setting, that's the edge that everybody's looking for. Uh, if you're working in a corporate space, your ability to make small talk or deep talk with your colleagues on any topic, not just work topics, but on any topic, your ability to do that is going to help you get promoted. It's going to help you keep your job. It's going to help you get a raise. Um, and then in, when you run your own business, I mean, you're it. It is what is going to help you get the clients, keep the clients, get more business from your clients. Because when when people feel comfortable in your presence and they feel like they can talk to you, they can sh share their problems and know that they're going to be worked through. So it's it's the edge everybody's looking for. So um, that's what really has me fired up about it now. Before it used to be, it just, just kind of ticked me off that people didn't know how to network very well. <laughs> now it's like, no, this is, oh, and I didn't even mention the, the Harvard, um, there's a study out of Harvard that's been going on since 1938 that says this is your ticket to a longer, happier, more vibrant life. And you're, wow. and you're more likely to recover from or avoid illness with if you have quality connections. And it, the way you build that is by having quality social skills. So it's just really exciting to work in this field right now. 
Oh, gosh, I'm sure. But so what are some of the obstacles that are negatively impacting how we socialize? Oh, boy, that's a big one. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, I think that the obvious answer is, you know, our smartphones, our smart devices, our laptops. Um, And people say the pandemic was to blame, but uh, I've read different things that say this has been going on for the last 20 years. There's an entire generation of young people that um, grew up on screens, and that has really impacted their ability or inability to um, be social and to be comfortable and confident talking to making talk, making small talk that moves into something meaningful. Um, so that's some of the barriers, just the way we, our homes are set up. I mean, I pull, I pull into my driveway. I can lift the garage door, pull in and not talk to any of my neighbors. (laughs) Um, you know, just our lifestyles now where people are working remotely, there is so much that's keeping us from, um, from talking to each other. In fact, oh my gosh, um, I forget what city you're in. I'm in Austin, Texas. You're in Cleveland. Well, Austin, which is a really cool city to live in. I've lived here for more than 40 years. Um, It's considered one of the top loneliest cities in the country, which shocked the beans out of me. Yes. And it's because we're living alone, eating alone, and working alone. Wow. That surprises me about Austin. Isn't that just crazy? Yeah. Yeah. And Austin is such a, let's go out and have fun kind of a town, but I think that's changing. Wow. Wow. That, that's crazy. Oh. Okay. So that's really interesting. And so let's mm-hmm. talk about some misconceptions that people have around business networking and, mm-hmm. and socialization. What What's going on? Mm. There? Well, a big one is they think networking is selling. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big really? one. I mean, if you're going to yeah. go into a networking event and work the room and hand out business cards to everybody and give a sales pitch to everybody, you're going to be the least popular person in the exactly. room. <laughs> it's, you know, networking is really about building the relationships and helping people get to know you so that they know you, like you, trust you, and that they remember you because you stand out from the group as being, you know, yeah. someone very, so I want to hang out with that person, let alone do business with them. Yeah. yeah or, or refer them. That's the other thing. Um, I think some of the other misconceptions is that it's the other person's job to start the conversation. Like we ah. walk in and are expecting our fairy godmother or the social chair or somebody to introduce us to the people in the room and a, a big responsibility. And this goes back to basic social etiquette. It's up to you to be proactive, to look for someone. Prefer- you could be someone standing alone. That's the easiest target. And I hate to say the word target, but that's the way I do it. I look for somebody standing by themselves. I go up to them. I introduce myself. I say hi. I ask them a couple of questions about, you know, is this your first, like you and I met at the yeah. NABO conference conference and you know is this your first conference it you know what brought you here where are you from what do you do and get people talking about themselves and that breaks the ice but it's our responsibility to do that um so those are two of the big ones that that i see is um you know taking taking responsibility for your social for your socialization and your conver- and the quality of your conversations and then don't sell oh my gosh stop mm-hmm. doing that <laughs> well you're preaching to require with that one i'm so with yeah you. and i love yeah and i know you. i noticed your book i, I want to yeah. read that that looks the one about you know stop trying to sell amen yeah. Yeah. oh my gosh yeah networking is one of those places where people do it it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. so totally with you on that and i love this idea of it really is your responsibility because so many people, that's what they do. They go mm-hmm. and they sit there and then they're disappointed and what a waste of time and, oh and my all gosh. that. 
But now talk to us about small talk because mm-hmm. what a weird thing, you know, like I have people yeah. say, um, oh, I just hate small talk. And then other people say, okay, but it's necessary. And so, mm-hmm. you know, what is it? We, right. Yeah, what right. Is exactly. It? What is it? How do we do oh, it effectively? So What's where small? is it? And yeah, I hear that all the time. That is the line. Oh, I hate small talk. <laughs> I hear that all the time. Um, well, small talk is necessary. It is the introduction. It's the icebreaker. It's safe. It's innocuous. It's talking about the weather. We all experience the weather. We all experience the traffic. We all experience, you know, what's going on in the world. If you want to go down that path, um, it's a nice icebreaker. But again, it's up to us to have in our back pockets, metaphorically, some questions that will help us and topics that will help us move out of that small talk. Um, just, I guess, what do I want to call it? The doldrums where it's just, gosh, it just gets so dull and draining. Yeah. And it is draining because it's not stimulating. Right. Um, the entire back section of the appendix of my new book, More Than Just Talk, which is all about conversation, has a series of conversations starting and expanding questions organized by category and setting. (laughs) And I love using those. And then I love asking the zinger question. And and I don't mean by zinger, I don't mean something that's going to make the other person uncomfortable or it's going to take us down a contentious or opinionated path, but something that makes them go, oh, you're like, who was your favorite elementary school teacher and why? What did that person, how did that person inspire or impact you? And people kind of are a little bit shocked or a little um, thrown off guard by questions like that. But oh boy, does that make the conversation interesting and meaningful? Yeah. Yeah. I so um, the art of asking questions and not in a snoopy way, not in an interrogative kind of a way, but you know, in a friendly, interested, curious way. And that's really, um, like for me, what it's all about it mm-hmm. is just being genuinely interested in learning about someone. It takes away all of that discomfort, all of the yeah. weirdness, right? And the selling yeah. and all that craziness. And you enjoy yourself more. Yes, you do. And it becomes interesting. It's like, gosh, I really like hanging out with you. (laughs) This is really fun. And then you can go home and you have something to talk about with your spouse or your kids or, oh, hey, you know, we talked about, we discussed our favorite first grade teacher or our favorite, you know, whatever from growing up. And, you know, I know there's always going to be a time when we ask a really seemingly innocent question that may hit somebody the wrong way. But I think we have to take a little bit of risk in our conversations to get them to interesting territory. So yes, small talk is interesting. Yes, it's extremely boring if you get stuck there. Okay, so talk to me about getting stuck. How do you get out? By asking a question that gets you out you know, by throwing out the question, let's say you're sitting around with your family on Thanksgiving, and everyone's sitting around in the living room, and they're half asleep because they've eaten turkey or, or, you know, whatever family gathering you're at, or a baby shower for someone you hardly know, or whatever, throwing out an interesting question to the group or to the other person is the ticket to get you out of there. And some people are responsive to that. And some people just aren't. And another way to get out of a really boring small talk conversation is to just graciously excuse yourself and move on. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's, you are totally within your boundaries, um, within the, the etiquette department to save yourself from a conversation that's going nowhere. Right. Right. Absolutely. Advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. 
What would you say is the number one conversation skill? Ooh, it's absolutely listening. Ah, it's that's listening. What I it's listening. And most of us are terrible at it. Yeah, why is that? Um, well, I've read a couple of studies that said uh, out of the University of Minnesota, one study, this is, this is going to just really be so embarrassing for all of us. The older and smarter and more successful we are, the worse we get at listening. Really? First graders, bubbly first graders are better listeners than we are, <laughs> awesome. which like, ouch, that one, <laughs> that one really hurt when I read that. And, you know, I catch myself a lot feeling like I'm trying to get better. I think, you know, anybody who works with me or has seen me speak is like, I'm trying to get better. It's hard. And it's hard because think about it, listening, you're hearing what someone is saying. You've already got the own junk going on in your own head, your own self-talk and your own thoughts. And now you're adding their thoughts and you're trying to interpret or process their thoughts or figure out what the heck they're trying to say. And then you have more things going on in your own head that you want to share. You want to jump in and share. And it's it's very um highly cerebral and and taxing on our system. And I don't know why or, or how people like, um, you know, consultants and therapists and psychiatrists and, you know, pastors, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. They must really have to be trained and really work at doing all this listening because it's just harder than speaking. And But the interesting thing is if you're in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you should be listening at least 60% of the time. Yeah. And that's so hard. It is. It is. I know. And even though what's always interesting for me when it comes to networking is people who are introverts tell me how much they hate networking mm. because they don't want to talk about themselves. And then I say to them, but you're the best networker because you don't want to talk about yourself. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so for them, this this should be a piece of cake because they'd much prefer to listen. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things at play here. One is, and I'm an ambivert. I am a right down the middle ambivert, which means that I am part introvert, part extrovert. And for me, it's right down the middle. I'm half and half. Huh. So I have to take care of my introverted self whose battery gets drained being around people. Yeah. And then and then after a while, when I've been doing my creative thing and worked at, working at home and doing my solo thing, I need people. My, my extroverted side is, you know, knocking on the door going, come on, what about me? Yeah. So, I, but I want to say with introverts, their battery gets drained, especially with small talk. And some, some introverts will talk about themselves. I know some very chatty introverts that will just keep on talking. And, and I know if I schedule huh. a call with them, it's going to be an hour and I will hardly get to say a thing. So, <laughs> introverts are, are tricky. Um, but I love them. I love them for the very reasons you talk about. And they're they're calm. They have this nice, solid presence, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of them. But introversion is different than shyness. You can be a shy introvert, but in, once you're an introvert, you're always an introvert. But sh being shy means you're just socially uncomfortable and you probably haven't had enough practice or enough good role models. And, and you just need practice. Mm. Um, and that can, you can improve your social fitness at any time in your life. Now, an extrovert is so fired up by being around people, and sometimes it can be a lot. If it, my introverted <laughs> side sometimes feels like being around extroverts is a lot, <laughs> so, so we have to. I think it's important for us to get to know what we are, what energizes us, what drains us, what skills, and what areas we can actually improve. 
And then what areas um, are we really, where are we, where are we shining socially and, and really emphasize that. But I think all of us can improve. All of us can. So when people say, well, I'm shy and I'm an introvert and I just, I can't do this. I'm, I'm just going to own the awkward. I, I'm like, if that's what you want to do, great. But you are missing out on all these benefits of yes. having a quality social life at work and at home. Right. Right. Yeah. So true. Okay. So what about the people who are just chronic complainers? Yeah. You know, yeah. they're just bringing us down. What do we do about them? The drainers and downers. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I call them. Drainers and downers. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I, I think we have to recognize that people who are negative, gossipy, chronic victims, chronic yeah. complainers. I mean, Ooh. there's so many different kinds. Um, to identify them in your life. That's step number one is identify these people in your life. Make sure you're not one. <laughs> That's another one. I mean, you look at yourself. How am I being a drainer and a downer? Identify the people in your life that are just totally sucking the life out of you or making you feel bad or ruining your productivity, wasting your time, talking your ear off, anything like that. Identify them and then realize that these people are literally taking time not only away from your work and productivity in your life, but they're taking years off your life. That there's There are studies that say this is sort of like when you're around a drainer and downer, it's sort of like if you were starting to drink Windex. I mean, why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? It's Ugh. it's a form of poison. It's emotional poison. Um, and so I tell people, identify them, realize that they are not good for you. Realize you can do something about them. And and I offer in in my book more than just talk, I offer a range and I'll try to rem- I'll try to walk through the spectrum. Avoidance. I mean, there are people that I definitely avoid. If I yeah, see them on my so. caller ID, I don't pick up the phone. Yeah. I just don't. Right. Um minimize your exposure to them. Have some sort of a plan like you, if you know you have to call person X Y and Z and they're a drainer and a downer make the call five minutes before you have to leave to go somewhere and let them know, hey, you know, John, I have five minutes to talk about this with you. So minimize and manage. Um, There's another way that you can, um, I guess let's talk about manage. Manage them. Let's say they're on your staff. Like, did you know, I just heard this yesterday. I was at a luncheon and they had an AI speaker and it was really interesting. I guess now on, on virtual calls and meetings, there's a, an AI plugin where they will monitor how much each person in the meeting is talking. And you'll get a report that says, you know, Bob dominates the conversation. Wow, really? And you can even set it up to send him an email saying, hey, Bob, you talked 80% of the time. Next time, let's pair it back to 40%. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't even have to be the bad guy. Anymore. Right. right. That. But, you know, manage and you can even say, hey, you know, every time we get together, like I, I was just talking to someone the other day and she said, I have a friend who's a therapist, but on Monday, she doesn't work and we go for a walk and she unloads all her stuff on me. Right. And it's really ruins my day. I love her, but it's ruining my day. And I said, well, tell her, tell yeah. her that you're not, you can still go for your Monday walks, but you're not going to listen to her talk about her clients. And for starters, that's an ethical thing that she yeah. shouldn't talk about. <laughs> she should go to another therapist. Right. For that. Exactly. Yeah. And and then this is a crazy one, but some people have done this with great success. Um, let's say you have someone on your staff or someone in your life that is just constantly the person that creates drama, that complains, that just gets everybody all fired up and, you know, antagonized. And um, 
you can sit down with this person and say, look, we're going to spend the next hour going over every complaint you have. And we're going to categorize them into three categories. One is things that are things we can definitely fix and improve. The second category is things that are just the way they are. And we're going to have to learn how to work with that. And number three, things that are your problem that you need to go fix. And as soon as you address it in that way, people suddenly like, How could it possibly be me? How could it possibly be me? But um, it's it's definitely a way of saying, hey, I will sit here with you for a solid yeah. hour. And we're just going to write it all down. And this is a one-time thing. And we're going to figure this out once and for all. And, and I need you from this point forward to go back to our list and, and look at what you need to do about your stuff and what everybody else needs to do about theirs. God, I love that. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I mean, I really have, is. I will confess, I have not been brave enough to ever do that. And I don't, I don't have a staff, so I really don't have to do much of that. If people, I have a team that I hire. So if someone, if I don't like someone or they they create that kind of drama in my work world, I just don't work with them anymore. Right. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. The benefits of not having a staff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with you on that one. Wow. I, I love all this information. I think this is so great. And, and it, um, it feels empowering to me. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because people don't know, like, you mean I can walk away from a yeah. conversation that I'm not enjoying? It's like, yes. Well, isn't that rude? No. It's it, there. The other person, if the other person is getting all contentious or is being obnoxious or abusive or just dominating your time or has even has horrible breath, I mean, you know, you name it, yeah. you are well within, they're the ones being rude and you're well within your rights to um, make make a gracious exit. And my favorite way to make a gracious exit is to say these three words, please forgive me. Please, oh, please forgive me. And you can add on an excuse if you want to, like, oh, I see my friend over there. Or I'm late for my yoga class or whatever. But you can just say, you know, please forgive me and walk away. And people are like, or, <laughs> the person That's is all you say? Go, you can just say that, wow. especially if they're, it's getting so obnoxious. Yeah. If, and if someone is really obnoxious, you are perfectly within your rights to just walk, just turn around and walk away. Wow. Turn around. You don't need that in your life. Again, it's poison. It's like drinking Windex. Ugh. Why do we allow ourselves to we do that? And people know. come back to me all the time and say, well, oh, but it's my Auntie Sophie. And, you know, I just feel like I have to listen to her. It's like, you really don't. You can yeah. spend a little time with her and, and, try to steer the conversation, but there's no rule that says you have to sit and torture yourself that way. And people are really, I think, like you said, empowered and surprised and pleased. And, um, and I love that about these, these are simple things. They're not that hard. No, but this is why we do this, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're, they're, you don't think about it. You end up in the situation and then you're sort of frozen in the situation. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so, and this is what I hear from a lot of people. If I just had that thing to say, then mm-hmm. I would at least know how to get out. Right. So. Right. It's a tool. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a tool. And I think when, when I let people know that it's okay to do this, you're uh-huh. not being rude. You're protecting yourself. Yeah. You're creating a boundary. And. And in fact, I'm going to do a whole webinar for an association on just this topic because, and they are, we got off the call today and everyone's so excited. <laughs> we can't wait. We just can't wait. It's like, I don't know what's going on in your association that everybody needs this. But I think we all, we all need to hear about this and being, yeah. um, you know, you can be, some people feel uncomfortable being proactive. Yeah. 
But, you know, in the case of your listeners, your listeners are business owners and, yeah. and professional people. And you have to have a little bit of um, chutzpah to yes. be your own boss. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's amazing how many of us don't. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Patty, I love this. And I don't want to have you spill all of the information like that that's in your books. But um, so will you tell people how they can find you and your books, please? Oh, absolutely. They can go to my website, which is intentionalnetworker.com. Or you can go to Patty with an I, P-A-T-T-I, D-N-U-C-C-I D-E-N-U-C-C-I.com. Takes you to the same place. And you can learn about me. You can read my blogs. Um, you can sign up and get, I think I have four or five different free resources that are super helpful, including that appendix I was telling you about that had all the questions. Yeah. Um, go to that. And then my books, The Intentional Networker and another one called More Than Just Talk are both on, on Amazon or on any online book retailer. Um, if you happen to be in Austin, Texas, book people, our independent bookseller downtown sells my books. They've been super good to me. Um, and just wherever you buy books, you should be able to find either or both of those books. And, you know, I wrote The Intentional Networker first. I wrote That one came out in 2011. It's 12 years old, and I still get calls from companies that want me to focus on what's in that book. But my new one, More Than Just Talk, I call it the prequel because it's the conversation piece. It's it's just the social, the social graces, the social skills, the, the why we need this in our lives, why we need to... Um, why, why, and how we can all brush up on our social skills? I, I mean, I feel like I'm an I'm an expert after doing all the work I do, but I still have to work on this. <laughs> and self awareness is is the big part. Really paying attention to where do I struggle? Or oofta, I just interrupted that person for the fourth time <laughs> during this conversation. <laughs> I gotta stop doing that. Um, yeah, and, and so yeah, those books are definitely books you should just keep on your nightstand or in your office or by the coffee maker. You can read them front to back and it's a master class in either topic, or you can just pop it open and see what can I learn today that I can go out and apply with my customers or with my staff or my, you know, at my networking functions that I go to. It's, yeah, it's I like that because it's sort info. of, it's almost gamifying it, right? Where, where it's, you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty cool. kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I, I, you know, get folks pay attention. This is one of the episodes you listen to more than once. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know I will. <laughs> no, I hope, you know, following go. my own advice, that's, that's the big thing. But honestly, it, it, this is what makes the difference in people's lives is, is when they, can socialize well and confidently and authentically. And, yeah. you know, we, we all talk about transparency and vulnerability. It's good to bring a little of that to the, to every conversation, um, you know, without overdoing it, of course, but uh, I think it's the secret. Yeah, I think you're right. And I appreciate you sharing it with all of us and listeners. Thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again, 
on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth. Goodbye and good day. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.